0: Hey everyone, so we are back on Curious Chats. We have Vic this week, and we're gonna be talking about uh, how to improve the interview process for hiring engineers. So so let's get this started. Hey Vic, hi, thank you for joining. So um, why don't we start with a little introduction about yourself and do tell us what made you the spreadsheet thought leader very recently? <laughs>
1: Okay, well, uh, first intro about myself is uh, so I'm a principal engineer at Research Square. We are a preprint server. We help with uh, the quick dissemination of academic research. Uh, basically, you know, you have a COVID nineteen paper and you don't want to wait through a nine month peer review cycle. Instead, you preprint it in parallel, and people can give you feedback on your science, offer critique, or base their work on yours or you know, come up with uh, medical applications based on your research. Things like that. Uh, Preprint servers are great for science. Uh, That's that's my day job. Um, I also run a uh, preschool startup on the side uh, where I just help area preschools um, get away from paper, basically. You know, if you have a kid on the ground sick and you don't know what's happening previously, they were running to a file folder and looking through to find this child. And what allergies do they have? Who do we need to call? And instead, all that is on an app, and they can very quickly do that. And the parents can keep their information up to date. Uh, So that's, in a gist, that's uh, what the preschool application is doing. It's just saving a whole lot of paper because people are not handing in forms or anything like that. Uh, (laughs) What made me a spreadsheet thought leader recently is that uh, there there was a very controversial opinion that I had yesterday, which was that spreadsheets are perfectly fine. Uh, for you to you know take care of a side project until you really need to build an app. That that was that's actually the extent of it. I wish it had been more inflammatory than that. All I said was that spreadsheets are perfectly fine, and uh, the person that that saw that was very angry with me, and called me a wannabe spreadsheet thought leader, and and <laughs> that and that people like me were job security for him because he could go build apps for everything. And and he came and looked through my bio and then, and I'm, I'm a runner and my my Twitter name is hashtag tacos. And he came, looked through my bio and then said, why don't you go for a run and write a blog post and eat some tacos and and leave the, yeah. Then it was just, it was just funny. And, and I kind of, it just brought some real, some real normalcy to 2020 because I was like, well, this person went through my profile and and their way of insulting me was to tell me yeah. to go, go for a run, which is something I really enjoy doing. All the things he wanted me to go do were like self-care tips. So <laughs> that's, wow. that's that's yesterday.
0: Yeah, that's Twitter for you. But that, I, I actually did saw that conversation. I mean, uh, I don't know what's wrong with some people. Sometimes I really feel uh, the world is just going upside down the way these things come up and stuff like that, yeah. you know
1: be I mean, like i kind of get his perspective on like he, he thinks that spreadsheets are bad if you know an over reliance on spreadsheets but as an indie maker um you cannot be caught up in building a whole back process and spending all your time doing that and if you do that you are wasting valuable time where you could be asking someone exact and learning from them exactly what their process is and it's not really an indie maker thing too uh, at my day job, we run probably a several million dollar workflow on Airtable because it would cost us a lot in engineering time to figure out all the various use cases of this particular process and build out a whole new app for it. And then, you know, and then need to take requests every week on, oh, you've encountered this new use case and we're going to have to like spend more time modifying this whole process. Instead, we give them Airtable an and uh, actually they configure it entirely themselves. There's zero engineering involvement. It's Airtable and Zapier. And uh, they basically control the entire process. Oh, we're adding a whole new product or we're adding a whole new process. They just do it. They like engineering has zero involvement. And 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 that's good.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. So uh, let's dive deep in uh, talking about the engineering time and the importance of, uh, you know, building back processes. What do you think has HR built a lot of back processes just to cost engineering time for people who are interviewing and the interviewers? Uh,
1: There's a lot of process, of course. There's a lot of process in in interviewing. Um, I don't think all of it is bad necessarily, but... HR kind of all over the place has adopted what they think is, is what engineering wants to use when they hire, I guess this is how I should say it. So kind of everyone at the same time, it's kind of like divergent evolution. Everyone at the same time decided to do hiring badly. And it's because I think it's because the, the big, you know, the big five companies, you know, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, uh, I guess Google um, came up with these sort of whiteboarding type interviews um, to figure out if people knew all the various algorithms and, you know, who had the fundamental computer science background. And everyone figured, oh, they're doing it right. You know, they seem to know what they're doing. And we're going to adopt those exact same practices across the industry. So now you have someone that is hiring for a job that's just like web development Uh, and there's nothing wrong with web development i do web development i'm just saying that someone that's not building an algorithmic you know video compression process whatever is now using those very same interviews that you know facebook uses to hire their sres or google uses to hire their data engineers and that basically has filtered down all the way where a you know, a JavaScript front end engineer is now having to go through solving a B tree. And yeah. that's just crazy. <laughs> so basically
0: just uh, at the end of the day, you're just testing, are you a good interviewer? Exactly. Uh, exactly Are you are you good at uh, giving an interview? Are you looking good exactly. at a paper, right? It's not exactly. testing your fundamentals, what you really know in life. Right.
1: So this has become a test of are you good at being stressed out for you know 30 minutes to an hour and working on a problem that is completely useless that you will never encounter in your job are you going to be able to maintain your cool and it's really unfair to a lot of people um i mean i'm a principal engineer with tons of experience and i just don't do well at whiteboarding to have interviews because that's not how my mind works i mean i can probably fake it and pass one of those but it's just, it's just completely useless. It's misrepresentative of the person you're gonna be hiring. I mean, think about it, if you, know, you hire someone and you give them a particular task to do, uh, you don't sit there watching them over their shoulder to see how they do it. You don't actually care how they do it as long as the end result is what you want. And, and the reality of it is that they're going to spend they're, they're going to start working on something. They're going to go, huh, how have other people done it? They're probably going to Google it, find a lot of bad answers. They're going to have the the know-how to know what the bad answers are, what the good answers are. And they're going to implement something using, you know, whatever architect- architecture best practices your organization has. They're not going to sit there and say, ah, here's the algorithm from page 34 of no. what is this book? <laughs> you know, I know. You know, data structures yeah. in C plus plus. They're not going to go implement that algorithm. So it's like, what? Why are we doing this to ourselves? And you know, really losing out on a lot of really, really good people. The industry has just. Failed, totally failed right. Uh,
0: and and you know i am not joking here when i say 10 years back when i was writing my mba exams the one question that i used to ask was why cannot we do it like an open book exam why do you have uh-huh. to sit in an exam room and write this test
1: and a lot of organizations now are realizing that and and that is that is in fact something more and more organizations are starting to do or they're saying, here, you know, we're going to, it's going to be a completely offline interview. You're going to get three days or whatever to solve this problem that we're going to send you home with. And, you know, all the legal disclaimers, this is not something that's going to be helping with our, it's, it's a fake project. You know, go work on it and come back. And they're, they're you know, a lot of them are either, um, they're made up in-house or they're using various platforms that are now coming up to solve this exact problem of, it's 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 exactly like a REPL you know you go in and you just write code in there and they help you execute it that way you don't even have to you're you're even removing the disparity um where people need to have compiler environments installed on their machines that are specific to whatever problem you want them to solve or whatever so there are these cloud compiler environments where you do the homework it's take home It doesn't really, it doesn't really care if you're using Google or, or, you know, however, because ultimately they just want to know that you, that you know how to find the answers, Mm -hmm. and they are not as popular as we would like it, of course, but they're starting to get there.
0: Yeah, I think this. Wetpool is a very good
1: example of a place that does this.
0: Right, right. I think with more uh, remote companies coming up, this thing will get more and more common because it will get harder to judge the interviewing skills. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, because, I, you know, something like a coder, coder. I don't know, what is it? Coder lab or I forget what it coder is. Coder pad? You know, it's yeah. Coder pad, thank you. Yeah. Coder pad. A coder pad, a whiteboard interviews. Is, is, it's still not, it, I mean, it's it's still, you're still whiteboarding. You know, it doesn't matter yeah. that they're typing it so not in front of you. But,
0: the fundamental is wrong. The fundamental of this whole process is wrong. You're testing for the wrong thing and you're hiring for the wrong uh-huh. thing.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter if you change it from a, Physical whiteboard to a virtual whiteboard. We're yeah. still doing yeah. the exact same thing. Um, at, at at my own company as well, our interviewing process has completely changed. Um, it it all kind of started um, when I when I realized that I had I had kind of kind of a moment where I thought, wait, would I pass this interview process that we're putting our candidates through? And so we decided to completely change how that whole thing went. So, and we were doing this pre-Corona. So it's not even something that became a response to this. So we, uh, you know, people get invited to a to a phone screen where we just just have a chat. It's completely, you know, non-structure. We kind of go through an architecture exercise where we rebuild the Twitter clone. And but I'm not actually, there's no code. Um, I take the notes the whole time. We're, we're in a shared Google Doc. And I tell them, first of all, you know, to really drive the point home, we're going to be doing this in Google Docs. And I'm going to be typing. And I just want you to talk about your process, like how you would even think about the problem and we go through this. And it really just gives me a really good idea about the depth of their knowledge, the breadth of their knowledge. Um, then when they're invited for a quote-unquote in-person interview, um, we, and the night before we give them, actually a couple of days before we give them, um, you know, we tell them exactly what they're going to be working on. And it's just this like, this fake project for the Bird Society of North Carolina. So they effectively, they're writing a crud app for searching for birds. And we provide them the shell of an API and a client, and we provide them documentation ahead of time. And it's a self-contained Docker machine and everything. And they are given a few different tasks on GitHub and they make commits and push it up. And they they talk to us on Slack and we simulate a day of working here basically. And no one's watching your screen or anything. You just do check-ins you know, every few hours for 15 minutes and you get to really work with us as if you were working here. And we've yeah. had a lot of, we've had we've such good luck with it. Candidates that on paper might not pass like whiteboarding interviews, you know, for example, turn out to be perfectly really, really good developers. And we've hired several engineers at different parts of their career that are really, really good. And, and I'm just, and I would never go back to like solve this B-tree or, you know, something like yeah. that or that's the the famous get bisect problem that gets thrown (laughs) around all the time
0: yeah 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 yeah. that makes a ton of sense okay so how do you think we can respect an engineer's time in giving interviews with several companies and uh, do you think it's a good idea to do Paid work trials, or um, I do. Or okay.
1: <laughs> Sorry, were you gonna were you gonna ask more? But I I agreed early.
0: Yeah, no, I I was just saying paid work trials for sure. And the second uh, part of my question was, is there a way to make those work transparent and visible enough so that people can say that? Hey, you know what? I did this, I and I built this, this, so people can see the work beforehand. Why do you have to do it again and again and again and again?
1: Um, I think I, I think I kind of get what you're, where you're going. It's it's like a, it's kind of like a, a certification in a way. It's kind of what you're talking about, right? Um, so I, I get the, I get the thing about respecting people's time because. When someone is looking for a job, they're not looking for just one job. They're probably looking for three or four. And now we're talking about taking a whole day out of their time, which the take home sort of helps with, right? Where you're not committing to a for, to a full block of time with one company. That definitely helps with that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't help you if you're going to be solving the exact same problem. If you're going to be working on four different credit applications in various different frameworks. Uh, once again, we've we've now resorted to testing whether you can read documentation i don't have a very good solution for that
0: well it was uh, more about how, how can that work? Ah, how can we represent it yeah. yeah 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 yeah
1: um i guess you would need probably like a an independent body that would be able to evaluate you know the work you're doing and be able to say that you know how to solve x and y problem
0: right no but Which say, off- for example if you uh Design that test, and and somebody just executed it and pushed their code for you to take a look at. You can of course give give your feedback, right? So your feedback on your own design question counts, and that data can be used to uh, understand a person's skills and and where they need to improve. Probably that's how you learn as well, right? By doing stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree we often don't end up like giving candidates that much feedback uh, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because it turns out that hr will say well you can't tell them too much because it's like you don't want people to think that that if only they improved at that one thing that they can have this job when we've actually moved on to a different candidate wow. for the reasons so you know oftentimes candidates don't even get useful feedback from a process yeah. after they've gone through an interview process so yeah i get where you're coming from now
0: that's a sad state i think feedback is very very important
1: we we do our best i um so recently i went on this went on this long thing where um we were interviewing a lot of early career engineers and um and all of them i mean all we had we had one opening so we we did hire one of them but for a lot of them the questions that they asked after when we when we told them that they did not make it um they were all identical. It was all like what can I improve in order to like, get this job? And we really like you. So because they were all identical, I ended up writing basically this. I don't want to call it form letter, but it was it was like here are the areas that you need to improve on, and you know, here are the areas that you did really well, and and I, you know, I had to send this to HR and HR was like, This is fine, you're not you're just telling them that you know these are things that they need to get good at, not if you get a bit of these things, we will hire you right now. Um, so we were able to send that to people, and I really, really hope to see those candidates again. Um, yeah, it's and and I I would like I like to think that they benefited from reading that on ways they can improve on things. Um, but it, I got the feeling that not everyone really gives them that.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what's your advice and suggestions to the? The next generation of engineers coming up and how should they really go about preparing for interviews because i see a lot of disconnect happening over the internet people are literally preparing for giving a good interview and being yeah. just looking good rather than working on the fundamentals so what's your advice for all these engineers
1: well advice always comes with caveats because <laughs> i'm sure someone will disagree with something i'm saying here and i'm gonna be the next <laughs> This is going to be my next Twitter fiasco. Um, You know, it's, I think, I think the first step is always finding a place that you want to work at because the culture of the place, um, and, you know, it's a lot of these, a lot of the various employers now, the employer brands are so out in the open. You can go on Twitter and ask anyone, what is it like to work at such and such place? And people are more than happy to dish out the good and the bad. So, I always think it's good to find a place that you would be happy at because you'll find that that culture translates into how they treat their candidates you know all the way from their interview process to whether they let you know that you are you know you passed the interview or you failed the interview or why and all that so for sure that um beyond that i mean i'm not one of these people that thinks that you should maintain a very your busy GitHub profile or anything like that. Because we don't have no one has time to do all those things in additional things. Yeah. But what does help is just is just practice, right? I mean practice mm-hmm. makes you good at stuff. Um, and you know if you are I mean this applies to everyone. You are going to only continue to hone your skills the more you read and the more you do stuff. And that doesn't mean building lots of side projects. It just means I mean, if side pro- if building side projects is what helps you learn something and get good at it, then fine. That's 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 mm-hmm. how you want to do it. But mm-hmm. just reading often to me and watching things like you know, Egghead is a good one. Um, like watching Egghead videos or just watching other people do programming on something like Twitch, um, I think is a has a lot of value. Um, just listening to how other people are solving problems. And and I think Twitch is really good for this. Being able to get into someone else's mind as they're working on problems um, is really good. And that might really help you when you're facing a problem in an interview. And you can refer back to, you know, how would, I don't know, how would such and such, you know, solve this kind of problem. Um, Advice, just, you know what, apply to lots of jobs. It's it's a it's a tough economy out there, but there's plenty of jobs. Um, supply lots of jobs, and don't feel disheartened if people don't write back. Not everyone does. Well, yeah,
0: yeah. Thank you for saying that. Uh, you know, I, I I think you you shared a couple of very incredible resources in terms of how can people go about learning and getting better and better at their skills. Um, but yeah, I think the interview process and the whole Way this thing is designed needs a total, uh, you know, refresh button, <laughs> like a total control, all delete, and do it oh, all over. Oh, yeah. oh
1: yeah.
0: Okay, so I think that's about it. We are at eight twenty-eight, my time. So, <laughs> so um, okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Wick, for taking the time today and chatting with me. Thank um, you
1: for this conversation.